Hello, and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week, I'm bringing you no-nonsense, no-BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast. We are going to get pretty much like down and dirty into this whole idea of using nutrition and meal planning in your business to help significantly grow revenues. And this is not something that I can talk about all on my own. So I thought I would bring on an expert. So we are going to be chatting with Ashley Sove, who is the growth lead with That Clean Life. And why don't we just kind of jump right into it? Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I am so pumped about everything we're going to discuss today. Yes, and it's very timely and certainly very needed. Um, Now, we are airing this episode in January, but we are recording this in December. So this is kind of going to be important any time of the year. But the reason why I say that is now we're getting into like end of the year promos in January. This is where you want to really start incentivizing those people with their Um, New Year's resolutions or whatever. So this is a really great opportunity for us to help our practitioners and help our listeners create some extra revenue and really like get the ground running for the beginning of the year. So I would love to hear how you started with That Clean Life and a little bit of your background. Yeah, totally. So I always say that my relationship with That Clean Life is just a love story because I'm a holistic nutritionist myself, and when I was working in clinic, meal planning was a huge part of my practice. When people come to see a nutritionist, they want a meal plan. Honestly, I feel like these days when people go to see any health professional, you know, whether it's a naturopath, any type of primary care provider, they always kind of want a meal plan. Um, But meal planning was taking up so much time in my practice. And I started working with that clean life. I actually applied for a job as a recipe developer with them right around the time that they were launching their business platform. So for health professionals. And I remember sitting in this coffee shop with the co-founder, Abigail. She was explaining to me how it worked. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was up until like 10 o'clock just last night making a meal plan in a Word document because that's still how I was running my practice. So I completely understood what the need was and I started using That Clean Life in my own business. And within a few months, it just changed the game for me. I was able to run my first group program. I was able to get some sleep and not stay up until 10 p.m. making meal planning. I was able to never open another Word document and completely delete that whole program off of my computer. It was amazing. So I totally recognize the value. I use that clean life. And now a huge part of what I get to do is work with our thousands of members to help them integrate the software into their own businesses so they can get all of those same results for themselves, you know, group programs, saving time, being able to expand their practice, take on more clients because their time investment per client is lower, being able to raise their prices because they're offering more value. Like there's so many ways that I feel it can change the game because it personally changed the game for me. And you brought up a very important point and that is lowering the amount of time you're spending and increasing the revenue you have per minute basically or per hour. 
And that I find to be one of the biggest issues that practitioners are struggling with is trading time for dollars. And I think a lot of the listeners are trying to find ways of making residual income and find new ways of bringing in revenues and perhaps even dabbling into the online space. And for me, offering meal plans on my, in my online store and offering that meal planning service has allowed me to kind of bridge that gap between my in-office practice and online. So before we jump into how we can start integrating this into our businesses, where do you find some of the most common mistakes are that practitioners are doing? And I know you listed a whole host of them as you were talking about sort of how, you're, um, how you started growing with the company. But what are some of the big issues that you're seeing with practitioners that are offering meal plans or using a service and they're still just doing it incorrectly or just not maximizing on what their profitability could be? Totally. I think probably the first major mistake that I see all the time is a lot of practitioners, they get into this because they want to help people. We all do. I mean, I'm a nutritionist for sure. When I graduated, I thought that my life mission was just to help people heal their bodies, all this you know, romantic stuff. I didn't really think about paying myself. And a lot of practitioners are in the same boat where when you look at how they've structured their services, as an outsider, you realize, girl, you must be paying yourself so little. Like, how can you possibly be charging $145 for an intake appointment? That doesn't make any sense. I know how much time goes into that beyond just sitting down with the client for 90 mm -hmm. minutes. So not thinking about that and just undercharging in general is a huge one. Another big one that I see, and we see this a lot at that clean life, is a fear of raising prices. Mm -hmm. and. It comes up a lot with our customers because they're investing in a new piece of software in their business, right? So your cost of doing business just went up. And if your cost of doing business goes up, but the cost of your services doesn't go up, you're just making less, right? Like that's, that's really all that it comes down to. So not raising your prices or not thinking about your cost of doing business when you set your prices and being too afraid to adjust accordingly down the road. Um, and then sort of in line with that is just straight up charging way too little for a meal plan. Practitioners with highly skilled, um, like a high level of training, thinking that they have to compete with $15 meal plans that are being sold online when the value of what you're providing is totally different than a generic $15 meal plan. And that's not your competitor at all. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've noticed is qualified professionals are charging between 60 to $80 for customized meal planning. And that might sound like a lot for a one-week meal plan, but when you consider that someone might have had to go to school for eight years in order to learn how to put together that plan to help with a specific condition, it's actually pretty reasonable, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's all easier said than done. Like even as you're talking about this, I'm one of those people who is charging one of my pre-made meal plans for 20 bucks. And I'm like, oh, I just don't think I could justify increasing the rates because most of the people that we're talking to on this show, including myself, are not entrepreneurial by nature. We don't think of dollars the way you just presented it. We always think about how we can help people and how we can approach more people and how we can keep money out of the conversation or out of the debate, whether someone is going to invest in us. So as you're coaching your um, members, how do you get them to really understand? And I'm going to say this lightly, but buy into what you're saying about increasing your rates. And as soon as they become a member, you should immediately increase your rates. How do you get them to go 
um, get past that blockage because we all have money blocks and then start freeing up that profitability. Major money blocks. I see that all the time mm-hmm. and also can relate to it 100% of as course. a practitioner myself. Um, I think probably the number one thing is getting reframing what it is that you're offering to people and going from being a lot of the time a general practitioner because you go to school, you learn how to help everyone, right? Regardless of what type of practitioner you are, you have a wide variety of training and realizing that you can't help everyone. You shouldn't try to help everyone and choosing to instead help one specific type of person. And I have like my personal health history is that I have celiac disease. And there was a whole period of time when I was just figuring it out. I was finally taking it seriously. I was following the diet, but I wasn't feeling better. I was still having all kinds of problems. And this was before selling meal plans online was really a thing. And I was Googling, I was looking for a meal plan to buy. I don't think there is an amount that I wouldn't have paid for something like that because I had a problem. I was in physical pain. I needed a solution to this problem. And there are problems so many different kinds of problems with people who are in a similar situation. Like they'll do anything. They just want a solution. Um, PCOS, someone really trying to get pregnant who just wants to start a family more than anything. They're dropping $10,000 plus per round of IVF. And believe me, if they thought a meal plan would help or a nutritionist consultation or something would help, there's no uh, cap to what they would pay for that. Um, Acne, uh, fertility, I already said fertility issues, but any type of pain, people with like fibromyalgia, fatigue that's so debilitating that it's affecting your performance at work. These are big problems that people will spend money on a solution for. So instead of trying to help everyone and keeping your services as a low cost, focus on who you really know you can help. Make sure you're solving a real problem for them. And then once you start working with those people, I think practitioners need to have the experience in order to gain the confidence to increase their prices. Once you've changed a handful of lives and you are getting emails from people telling you what they can do now that they couldn't do before, Mm -hmm. you start to let go of the money blocks and realize, wow, this is actually a priceless service that I'm offering people. They're getting their lives back. Suddenly increasing your prices seems reasonable and you're not as afraid to do it. I think that is that last point that you just made is so vital. And I really hope that people take that to heart and listen to that over and over again. And as you were talking, I was actually reflecting on how I've used that clean life. And I think the other reason why I probably don't raise my rates is because that platform allows me to create a high quality meal plan in literally 15 minutes. Yeah. I think I'm also now, because I'm so used to it, I'm like, oh, that took me like no time. I feel really bad justifying the price. However, at the same token, to that person who's getting the benefit on the other end of it, it is priceless to them. Um, So I would love to now pivot from that place where we're kind of breaking down the money blocks and understanding the value we're giving somebody else for, yes, the amount of time, but I also had to learn to use the software that quickly Um, What are some other great growth strategies that you've been seeing practitioners use with meal planning or with adding these services to their business and like really making a massive difference on their bottom line? Yeah. So uh, the first one kind of goes back to what I was just talking about, like picking a niche, declaring a major, deciding what problem you're going to solve and crafting your services 
a hundred percent around that. Um, one of my friends, she graduated, started her business like a year ago and she is already fully booked. She is doing so, so well. And it's because she only takes clients who have severe acne. She doesn't work with any other type of client. Her services are acne packages, acne coaching. It's all she talks about. And within 12 months, she's been able to establish herself as an expert in this niche and fill her calendar with bookings. Whereas there are so many practitioners, I'm sure listening to us right now, who have been in practice for three, four, maybe five years, who are still struggling to fill their calendar on a consistent basis. And oftentimes it comes down to trying to help everyone. So the number one best growth strategy is become the expert in one, solving one problem. Um, And then once you've kind of decided what that problem is going to be, another great growth hack that we see is not being afraid to get out there. Um, A lot of practitioners are totally sold on this online business model. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it's a long game. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. And it it requires a lot of um, building and figuring it out. And it's definitely not how you're going to like pay off your student debts right out of school. The way that you're going to do that is by getting out in your community, giving free talks, connecting with local businesses. I mean, how many boutique fitness studios are opening in Toronto right now? If every single practitioner in the city who offers nutrition services went out and connected with one of them and just took advantage of their client base, that could be a way to start your practice. That could be a way to totally grow your practice. Um, so many different businesses, I'm sure, that can be aligned with whatever problem it is that you're solving. Identify them, reach out to them, give free talks, and don't be afraid to give away quite a bit for free. Uh, We talk about this all the time. This is our strategy here at That Clean Life. I will sit down with anyone who has questions and tell them everything that I know about building a wellness business because the more you talk about it, the more you get out there, and just give away everything that you've got for free, the more people start thinking, whoa, what's it like when I become a paying client and Mm -hmm. they're actually putting together a custom plan for me where they take this whole body of knowledge and they pull out the parts that are relevant to my illness, to my symptoms, and how quickly am I going to start feeling better? So they trust you, right? It's all about building trust. So I would say declaring to recap, declaring a niche, declaring a major, deciding what problem you solve, getting out there and not holding back and giving away as much for free as you possibly can in order to build trust is the, those are the three best tips that I could share for growth. Now, as we were talking about that, I'm feeling people being a little bit warmed up to the idea and they're probably going to check out that clean life. And we have the links in the show notes for everybody who Mm -hmm. wants to check it out. And then the first place that people are going to stop at, so we're going to have this conversation right now, is, oh, like, how am I going to pay that monthly rate? Because, of course, we as practitioners are also very fearful of spending investments in ways that we perceive we can't afford. Or, And I don't think the money comes down to it as much as now it's a new tech, now it's new software, now there's a whole new learning curve, and I just don't have time to learn all of that. So before we jump into that, because I'm going to ask you how to navigate that piece, um, Mm -hmm. what I tell my students is, as soon as I adopted that clean life and got really 
uh, proficient with it, every single meal plan automatically went up by $20 to compensate because I'm undercharging for my meal plans. Um, (laughs) Automatically did that to compensate for the meal plan that we provide everybody based on their food sensitivity results. So every time I sell a food sensitivity test, it has 20 20 bucks, which now I'm laughing at, um, incorporated right into the price of the, the whole service of the analysis and everything else. So I see no reason why you couldn't be doing that with every single new patient. You could increase your initial visit 20 or $30 to incorporate a meal plan that you would give to your initial patient right off the hop. Or if you see digestive people, here is an autoimmune meal plan that you are going to get based on whatever your needs are. And even if it's not 100% tailored to that person, it does give you a little bit of leeway where, again, you're adding value to the visit and patients are really loving that extra resource and that extra information. So I'm going to come back to you now, Ashley. And when people are approaching this new tech, new software, which most of us are not very tech, um, uh, not very tech, I was going to say like a recipient where we just tech is like the devil. Um, how <laughs> would you approach these new potential customers or people that are new to the software and help them navigate it really easily? Yeah. So first of all, I actually think that clean life is really intuitive. We built it in a way that isn't necessarily meant to feel like an advanced tech software or like a piece of software, even though that's what it is. It feels really intuitive. You're seeing beautiful food pictures. You're popping them into meal plans. You can drag and drop them around. Pretty simple. Um, And then also the time that you invest in learning the platform is going to be nothing compared to the time that it is going to save you. So I actually get excited if someone says, oh, I don't have time to learn a new software because that tells me, oh, that means you're already really busy in your business. And that's the type of person that we can really help. If you're a clinician who's already busy, who is feeling like you don't have time, we're going to swoop in and save you so much time. Because like you just said, Andrea, it takes like 15, 20 minutes to create a meal plan. So all that time that you're already spending, you're going to get back. Um, I would say I'm learning that clean life, maybe it's because I am a pretty tech literate person, but it took me almost no time at all. And then once you've mastered it, the time that you're spending goes down even further. The big thing for me in terms of ROI that I, like it's my personal story that I can tell is within a couple of months, I had been wanting to run a group program forever because we had so many patients at the clinic and some of them wanted one-on-one nutrition, but some of them weren't really invested in that way. And that's not really what they were looking for, or they hadn't done a food sensitivity test, so they didn't really see the value in it yet. But I knew that if I could give them some kind of experience with following a meal plan and seeing how much fun it can be to eat healthy, that they would come and work with me one-on-one. So I ran a group program. Running, creating a group program is this huge intimidating task where if you don't think you have time to learn a new piece of software, you definitely don't think you have time (laughs) to create a group program. It can take months. I've talked to practitioners who have been working on it for years. You know, their goal for 2019 was to launch a group program and they didn't. So now it's their carryover goal to 2020. I created mine in a matter of hours, like just a couple of hours. And I launched it with one email to my email list, not a whole funnel, nothing fancy, didn't advertise it online, 
just shot out an email to the clinic email list. And I got, I think it was 36 people signed up for my first group program. They paid an embarrassingly low price of $180 for a six week meal plan each. Um, but it was generic. It wasn't personalized. So that right there was $6,500 that I was bringing into my practice that I wouldn't have without that clean life, which costs $60 a month or $600 a year. So whenever people have cost concerns, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, not having it because I personally have used that clean life to increase my revenue by so much more than just the initial investment. And that was one group program. That was in November of, I think, 2016 or 17. Um, and that was just a test round for proof of concept to run, to run a group program in January for that big boom. And when I launched the January one, I think I got uh, between, like 56 or 60-something signups, like a lot more anyway. So I was able to consistently run these programs, which helped me scale my business. Not only did it help with that initial injection of revenue from running the program, but also it increased my reach. So some of those participants in the group programs became one-on-one clients. Some of them got to know me. And then when they were at a family dinner or something and someone was talking about their stomach problems, they would refer them to me. So my referrals increased because my reach had increased. It was a total, total game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, So ROI is actually in my opinion, the least of your concerns, the time to learn the software, that makes sense as a concern. But once you get in and play around, you'll know what I mean when I say it's intuitive and it actually saves you way more time than you even realize before you're using it. Now, I'm going to lean into this group program piece a little bit because again, I can, I can feel people like sparking and being <laughs> like, oh my goodness, this is what I want to do. Would you mind elaborating on how you broke down the program, how you, um, you said at, at one email, but um, how many people did you have to tap into that email? Because there's a lot of listeners who are just getting started and they think, oh, 36 people, there's no way. And then there's a lot of people that might have that in spades. So I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through how you set that all up. Totally. So I'm a very done is better than perfect kind of person. And I just wanted to get this out. I had to test this out to know if I was going to spend my Christmas break working on it. For I'm going to pause you right there. So this is the most important lesson for mm. anybody who is listening to this show is we always say to our students, take imperfect action and I will never create something before selling it first. So exactly what you did is the way you should be spending your time and see if there's proof of concept, meaning you put your feelers out there. If people buy, great. You've got something. You've got a home run. If nobody buys, then thank goodness you didn't waste a ton of time preparing this group program in advance to find out nobody actually wants it. So I just wanted to interject there and then you can go back. I love that. When I was in school, I remember talking to kind of like a mentor and I was like, I'm going to write a book. And she said she had written several best-selling books. And she said, Ash, do not write a book until a publisher offers you a book deal. And that was the best piece of advice I'd ever received because it never occurred to me like, yeah, why would I do work before knowing I'm going to get paid for it? So that's what I did with my group program. And I actually, like, I didn't create the content for the group program up, up front. I sent out the email. <laughs> so I told people about this program that didn't exist really. And... Uh, made sure that people were going to sign up for it. I can't remember the size of the email list. This was the full 
uh, email us for the whole clinic. So I was the only naturopath in a practice, or I was the only nutritionist in a practice of naturopaths. Mm -hmm. And all of our email contacts went onto one like master list, I guess you, you could say. And I think it was like maybe 1200 people or something. So of that to convert 36 signups from one email for a program that didn't yet exist, that was pretty good. I have another story that I'll tell in a minute about someone who I worked with who started from a zero email list because I think that story will be helpful for mm -hmm. the other side of people who are listening and just getting started. But I sent out the email. I explained it's going to be a six-week program. We're going to have a fi private Facebook group. This is the kind of food you're going to be eating. It, this is the cost if you're in reply to this email and let me know. There was no opt-in page. There was no fancy anything. Um, I had them call the clinic and give their credit card number to the front desk to sign up. So real bare bones. You don't have to get fancy with it. And then only once I had signups did I actually create the program. And the program was simple. It was just six weeks worth of meal plans. Each week had a different focus. So I would talk about a specific functional food that we were eating and why and scatter some different recipes using that food throughout the meal plan. It was really, really basic. It wasn't intended to solve any specific problem, which ended up being something I regret about that program because I had a group of people ranging from women in their 20s to men in their 50s who were all asking different questions right. and it was hard to manage that group. Yeah. So if I could go back, I would have doubled or tripled the price, had a specific ideal client who I wanted to sign up for that first program, but whatever, everything's a learning experience. And I learned from my experience. Now the people listening can learn from my experience rather than their own mistakes, hopefully. Uh, but I mentioned I would tell a story of another clinician. So she had been in practice for years. Her name's Katie, and she didn't have an email list. So she was one of those clinicians who's been practicing quietly, but never focusing on building an email list or anything like that. So she left the practice that she was at and went off on her own, starting from zero, no website, no email list, nothing. We worked with her and helped her create a lead magnet and it was just a free recipe book. She created it with that clean life, a couple simple like one pan dinner recipes. She promoted that on her social media to her friends and family and past clients who were following her for two weeks. And she was able to build an email list of 75 subscribers. After two weeks, she invited all 75 of those people to join a free challenge, which basically took the lead magnet that was all dinner recipes and turned it into a five-day meal plan. So of the 75 people on her list, 50 said, yeah, I want to join the free challenge. And then at the end of the free challenge, she launched her first group program. And it was a six week, kind of similar to what I had done, meal plan. And she invited all 50 of those participants to sign up. It was, the cost was $250 and she got nine conversions. So 250 times nine, there you go. She had paid for her investment in that clean life and then, you know, quite a bit above that. And so whether you're starting from scratch or whether you're working in a busy practice and have this big email list to take advantage of, the concept is kind of the same. Like this is something anyone can do as long as they're willing to, like you said, take imperfect action and not worry about making sure everything is flawless before they release it, but just start making sales mm -hmm. so that you can pay yourself for the hours you're about to put in. And I think what's really important for people to take home from both of those stories is that those percentages of conversions is very reasonable. 
Like the whole idea of you converting like 50% of the people or more than that is completely unreasonable. Like it's just the numbers just don't work that way. So for you to hear like in a, a email list of 1200, you originally got 36. That's very, very reasonable. Um, for someone to go from 75 to then 50 actually taking into the challenge to nine actually converting to paying patients, that is an incredibly reasonable um, outcome. So what I want to just relay here is that these stories are totally legit and real. They're not like mm -hmm. the blown up crazy, like, you know, outlier person who does this miraculous in, like improvement or this miraculous outcome on a small list. Like this is all real and real numbers. So I'm really glad that you shared both of those stories. So at this point, I'm sure people are kind of wondering, well, I want to lean in. I'm kind of thinking about offering a meal planning service in my practice to help do some of the things that we talked about today. What are some great resources that people could start looking into right after the show? And we will put these links into the show notes. Yeah, we have tons of awesome resources. So it really depends on where you're at in your business. We have a free book called An Introduction to Meal Planning that will sort of walk any practitioner through how to incorporate meal planning into their practice. So we can leave the link for that in the show notes. I would also recommend, like I said, here at That Clean Life, we're all about teaching everything that we know. And what that looks like for us is publishing awesome blog content every single week that incorporates little lessons that we've picked up along the way. So we have a lot of blog content related to the different ways to incorporate meal planning into your business. So you might be a clinician who's doing one-on-one -on -one meal planning for a specific niche or health concern and just looking for a way to save some time on that meal planning. We've got posts about that. Um, I just shared an interview with a dietitian who specializes in nutrigenetics and she uses genetic testing, and then she creates recipe books and meal plans for her clients based on their results. So highly customized, personalized nutrition. And I talked with her all about how she's doing that. We have a couple other examples of ways that professionals are using it for one-on-one -on -one clients. We've also got a ton of stories on there about group programs. I wrote a whole post breaking down every mistake that I made in that first round of group program that I just talked about. There were a lot of mistakes. Uh, it was a it was a post to write a lot of reflection going on there, but um, broke that down. Uh, shared Katie's story in even more detail to explain exactly how she built her list and accomplished those conversions. And then there's another stream that we haven't even really tapped into today, but that's subscription services and membership options. So if you're a practitioner who is already busy seeing clients one on one, probably someone like you, Andrea, who doesn't necessarily need to expand their one-on-one -on -one meal planning, but is looking for an option that all of their clients could buy into at a lower cost. Mm -hmm. um, so like recurring revenue is obviously really helpful for health professionals who maybe don't know how many bookings they're going to get on a weekly basis or who want to be able to go on vacation and yeah. take some time away from the clinic and know that they're still having some income to count on. So we have tons of blog posts there from practitioners who are offering subscription services and how you can get started doing that. So uh, even though I know it's kind of general to say, just check out our blog, you really should check out our blog. Um, and we have a newsletter that we send out every week that contains three to five really short, easy to digest tips as well. So if you're sort of just getting started and feeling overwhelmed, you can take what you need and leave the rest. And what is a great way that someone could reach out to you personally um, what's like a handle that we could be looking for? 
Yeah. So you can follow us on all social media at that clean life. Um, if you're looking for me, you can find me on pretty much only Instagram at, um, my name, Ashley Sovey health and happy to direct you to any resources. Or I know people always have questions about like the group programs or pitching an idea and asking if I think it's a good idea. I'm always happy to chat about that. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. This was an awesome chat. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of your students and followers crush it in 2020 because I think we've given them everything they need. I think so too. Even <laughs> I'm going to collect a few like new pieces of um, revenue pieces that I can do. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out. Amazing. You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment, and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.